This is the Zero to Hear podcast. I'm your host, Danny Dumas. Welcome back to the show. On today's show, JRFM, which is the country music station in Greater Vancouver, uh, we had their weekend host, Brooklyn Dredger, on the show. She was a blast to talk to. She has a ton of energy. Uh, we kind of go through the ins and outs of the behind the scenes of being on the radio. And there was a lot of stuff that I definitely did not know how it worked. And so it was cool to just kind of hear uh, the inside scoop from her. We uh, <laughs> we tackle ghosting and why that is a thing in the uh, 21st century for millennials, which was uh, interesting to hear a woman's perspective on that as well. Uh, enjoy the show. Love to hear your feedback. going on Brooklyn? <laughs> Same thing as you, just looking into your eyes. And I never know soul. the exact start. <laughs> Hello goes well. I'm so used to saying the call letters of the station. Like <laughs> I, oh man, I almost kicked this off. <laughs> Can we hear it? 937 JR Country. I'm just here on the podcast with Denny and what's your name again? Carl. Carl. And I should be getting paid for this. I'm <laughs> introing this. What the hell? You're paying me in beer, I guess. Hey, that's really all we asked to hear for. So Wrap yeah. Up. No. yeah, we got our intro, <laughs> see ya. I can do better than that. Can we start off with something completely off topic? Mm-hmm. More just because one of my friends experienced this last weekend. What the fuck is happening with ghosting people? I was going to bring that up. Because... And I'd like a female perspective on this because I don't understand. Well, it's so funny because um, two things. I told a guy to just ghost a girl the other day <laughs> because he, he wasn't getting it and he was leading her on and I said, just ghost anyways but then i felt bad as if i was ghosting you guys with the podcast because my car blew up last week at the radio station (laughs) and i was supposed to be here a week ago couldn't because i physically had no transportation um and yes there's sky trains but like i just didn't want to figure it out so i had to get my boyfriend's jeep this is how i'm here today my car's (laughs) in the shop and i kept thinking i am so difficult like i'm that girl that's like yeah this time and by this time, I mean 10 days later. Like, I didn't want you to think I was like a flake, you know, because I hate when people ghost. Like, you know, if you're going to give me an excuse, it's got to be good and you got to like go with it. You know what I mean? I don't, I can tell when someone's just canceling on me, just bailing. Your car breaking down was a decent excuse. Yeah. And it's, it, I have pictures of it being towed. So it's real. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. Oh my gosh. Social suicide. <laughs> so bad. Why, okay, but why did you tell your friend to ghost this girl that he was seeing? I'm assuming he was seeing him. He's my boyfriend's friend, and I picked them up from, do you know the comedian Theo Vaughn? Nope. Yes, I love Theo Vaughn. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you guys were at a show. Um, he was. I was okay. at work that night, but I picked them up after Lucky Me, and they were really drunk. And uh, <laughs> I picked them up off commercial, and his one buddy's like, he kind of got off of this weird, I don't want to call it a relationship, but I think... He was let on for a few months and he was burned. So then guys or girls, whatever, they typically rebound and then start doing that back to people. Right. And so you hook up with somebody and then they kind of want something more than that. And then catch feels and then you don't really want to, but you're still going to sleep with them and continually continuously like lead them on that way. That person's going to continuously catch feelings for you. So I just said ghost like you told them you weren't interested in this context (laughs) And if they're not going to listen, you don't get to have both. You don't get to have 
well, I want to continuously see you, but you don't get to catch feelings continuously because I keep giving you my time and attention and intimacy. <laughs> like that doesn't work. Like you ghost or you commit. And because you have no interest in committing, you must ghost the situation because clearly she isn't seeing eye to eye with you. And to me, that just makes sense. <laughs> like, hello, don't waste my time. Right. Is that you're looking at me? Confused. Maybe it's more common than I, I feel understand. like if it's only physical. Then it's okay to ghost, right? If and, there's no and, emotional attachment, then yeah. I mean, what are you expecting? Yeah, I mean, hey, is there a clear conversation saying like? But this we're is also not at point forward? B. Like point A would just be trying to meet up in the first place because, like, I have, um, back when I was single, I would be on all the dating apps, and <laughs> luckily, it never resorted to plenty of fish because that's exclusively for thirty-five-year-olds and up. I'm just kidding <laughs> if you're on it, but I just I can't. I will never. I don't know what it is. It's like something that's not in app format and starts on a website. I have no interest in. I want the accessibility and the convenience of my phone. I'm not on my desktop looking for anyway. So <laughs> just want to swipe. I just want to um, just but a level of commitment I, in terms of sitting down yes, and opening a laptop. No, right? I'm, no, I'm not opening up Excel. At, there's just no. I, and then you I need don't, like a full profile. You got to fill it out, right? And that yeah. takes time. And how honest are you? Yeah, on those? this isn't my space anymore. Like, get in, get out. So all, all I'm saying is, like, I've been ghosted by dudes where you make plans and then either the last 10 minutes, they, oh, something happened, crazy. Or, like, they just don't ever talk to you again. And I've kind of done that, too, but I feel just too guilty. So if you message me and I'm not interested, I suppose ghosting the conversation would be, and she never talked to him again. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Whatever. So Plenty okay. of fish okay. in the sea. Get it? Plenty of fish. Anyway, that's why they call it that, hey? <laughs> I get it now. Anyway, sorry. I guess in that situation, it makes more sense. With my friend's situation, <laughs> this is quite fun. I don't know. I guess it's funny for me as an outsider, but I don't really understand. He, uh, I met this girl at a coffee shop. Yeah. <laughs> really? People meet people outside their homes? Outside of Tinder, For the first yeah. time? It works. I like this. We're getting better. <laughs> wow. But they went on, I don't know, like six dates in two weeks. Had another date planned last yeah. Friday. She messages him saying, I don't feel very well. Can we reschedule? Okay. Great. That's normal. If you've seen them a million times, then yeah. No Six response. days in two weeks, eh? Yeah, they were, uh, it was pretty intense. That's what me and my boyfriend were like. Right off be, the bat? Yeah, 100%. And I'm not like that with a bunch of people, and I don't think he is either. But when you like someone, you continuously see them. Like, so, And if you both have the same like uh, end goal in mind, right, obviously. But so what happened there? Like she just never talked to him again? or Correct. Wow. He messaged like the next day just saying, hey, hope you're feeling better. Let me know. That's kind of cold. Nothing. After six and just cold. That, I that's think brutal. that's pretty cold. Yeah. I, yep. That's just plain cold. In like, my opinion. Why not one text just being like, hey, sorry, I'm not really into it. Dude, because there's a lot <laughs> exactly. of, there's a lot like, of cycles Three texts there. prior, three <laughs> visits prior or whatever, right? Whatever. Like you got to date six and you figured out, I'm a bail. Like it doesn't happen <laughs> like that. What happened? Her ex called her back and that's what happened. I don't know. That was his first thought too. I mean, maybe that's what happens to a lot of people. I don't want to assume if she's listening. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe she's a hardcore zero to hear podcast fan. Could you imagine? <laughs> okay. Let's talk a little bit about radio. Radio. Okay. How'd you get into radio? Where I was like, I want to be on the radio listening to well, you weren't even really in country growing up, were you? Oh, man. Like the but whole... you grew up in the boonies. Yeah, that's the irony of that. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. So 
two things. I really got into country music when I started at JR. And I told them that when I had the interview. They were like, why do you want to work for country? And I was like, to be honest, I love your your listeners. Like, I love music. Like, hardcore loyal uh, music lovers often fall in the same category of country music fans, right? Yeah, totally. And going from a top 40 format, which is like three Drake songs an hour, to now three Luke Combs songs an hour. Just kidding. I love what I we play. Love Luke <laughs> I love Luke Combs. I love Luke Combs. I'll go about that another time. <laughs> Um, love him, but, um, you know, like we have uh, a listenership that we call like the JR family and they are so loyal and they, they text in and they give opinions and they, um, start conversations and they call a lot. Um, (laughs) and it's great because I want to connect with people. Like that's why I wanted to get into broadcasting. I didn't want to do like a boring nine to five or anything like that. I can't like doesn't work out for me um and so the fact that like jr has that kind of loyalty with their listeners is incredible i think it's because the people that are on air right now are fantastic they engage really great conversations they're friends like we're actually friends and so maybe it comes across like that um you know our morning show's been doing it for 20 years so like they've established kind of their own heritage brand in that sense. And JR has been around since long before I was born, like 83 or something. Have they been there for 20 years? Karen and Clay. Yeah. Karen moved here from Calgary in 2000. I'm dating her son. (laughs) Hilarious. It's not a secret like at all, but yeah, like I am dating her son. Um, so I, I know all that and she moved here in 2000 and she's been So you Clay. met in a real life situation too? I actually did, but ironically- Wouldn't that be funny if you met him on Tinder or something? No, I, okay, I will tell you about that, but I just need to finish this or else I'll lose it. Because <laughs> I knew that was going to come up. Um, no, anyways, the reason I went into radio, I was never starry-eyed about radio, although I loved it as a kid. Like I'm obsessed with music and like I remember- um, not getting into broadcast school into BCIT. And that's why I'm in radio because I couldn't get into TV because I was too young at the time. I applied right out of high school into the broadcast and online journalism program at BCIT. And they basically were like, you're too young. You don't really have enough life experience. We kind of, unless you are a genius and you pass all the exams, which are kind of hard by the way, like, (laughs) and I'm sure anyone who went to the broadcast program who have, who like graduated is like, it wasn't that hard. And I wasn't that good at it, but it was because I don't know, like I just didn't have enough life experience and that was totally fair. And also I only got 59% on the exam, (laughs) but I think it's because of age. Anyways, they like to at least have 19 year olds at the youngest. They told me because at least you'll do one year of general studies. And I'm like, you know, that's fair. And I'm very thankful I went into radio because I think I like it a lot better than I would have liked broadcast journalism. And so it was two weeks before high school graduation. And my dad's like, "Mm, you're not going to do nothing. So you better figure something out. And so um, they told me with 10 days or something left, you can apply to radio. It's virtually the same exam, just different essays. So I did. I got in two days later. And I am so thankful for that. Like, I loved BCIT. And so since then, I just did internships and I worked my way up, kind of. I went to a small town, like. Um, well, it's actually not a small town at all. It was Kelowna, <laughs> but medium, small market. You know what I mean, though? Yeah. Like it's not Vancouver or something. So, yeah, um, I have been working for Jim Pattison for three years. And the fact that I got to move down to JR when there was an opening, best thing ever. 
because ironically, I really wanted to work for the peak for years and years and years. Like when the peak launched, I was all about that. Um, I was in high school. I listened to it all the time. I thought it was the coolest station. And um, in BCIT, like everyone wanted to work for the peak. You know, a few obviously would work anywhere, but like you went into radio because you wanted to work at the peak. Really? And so, yeah, it was just, it's just a cool station. And it was really, really cool at the time when they were doing the peak performance project. And I don't know, I just love that station. I love that music. And a lot of my friends have like won the peak performance project or people I went to high school with or whatever. And so that was just really cool for me. And, and I, you know, the, some of the folks that were on that station um, that I was listening to for years, I ended up getting to call my coworkers. Like I just manifested working in that station in that building with those people. The fact that I got to call them my peers, I was like, like, I, you know, that was just so cool for me. And so early on in my career. So anyway, what were we talking about? What was the question? Um, <laughs> how did I get into it? I went to school, I worked really hard and I'm still working really hard. And I just have always loved talking, entertaining, writing, performing, musical theater since I was a kid. So I just thought I can't do anything else. If I can make money doing something I like to do, I'm going to do it. You know, how many, how many different programs are there across BC that oh, do I don't, radio? Uh, Columbia. A lot of people that are working in the industry in Vancouver that I know of have gone to Columbia Academy. That's the one right on main street. And yep. I think it's only one year. And from the get go, you run a radio station, like a campus station, which I'm like nerve wracking. Holy BCIT's two years. Um, but you do like 11 to 12 courses a week kind of a thing. Like it's a lot and it's technically their school of business. So we're a bit, I don't want to say we're a bit more well-rounded, but we're not just focused on like broadcasting. We also do marketing, advertising, like, um, statistics, broadcast law, like, uh, design. I don't know. Like we learned a bunch of stuff cause we were in the school of broad or yeah, sorry. Yeah, school of business. That's what we graduated from. So we actually learned a whole lot of stuff. And then second year they throw you on the radio so it's kind of a little bit of a tease. You get to learn some stuff you don't really feel like you need, but I'm thankful that I have it. So, yeah, there's Ryerson. I think that's the number one broadcast school in the country. Obviously, that's in Toronto area. And then I think BCIT is number two. Like if they just look at employment rate, mm. there's there's a bunch. There's Van Arts. I don't know, but I would totally recommend BCIT. Like most people I know that went to BCIT got a job in the industry if if they worked hard at it, you know. And they didn't give up. What does it look like after school? Because obviously I don't know, but I would assume there's what, 12 positions at each radio station? Yeah. Um, so the first day you go, they'll basically tell you like, you know, if you're here to make money, you should drop out. Because <laughs> we don't make a whole lot of money at first. And I, I'll let you know when I start. Uh, but I know some people that make really good money, um, but they've been there for a long time. Or maybe they're better negotiating. I don't know. Again, I've only been doing this for a few years, but um, it's not a job that you're instantly going to make good money. Like my sister graduated um, and is an RMT now. Like she will start to make good money from the get go. Right. That's a different career. This is not the same thing. So they tell you, OK, because, yeah, there's only limited spots available in Vancouver. And ideally, everyone wants to go to Vancouver or Toronto um, you're going to have to move out of town to gain experience, to gain contacts. And because everyone else did it before you, and they basically expect that on your resume, like you mm -hmm. got to put your time in. So I know some people who went to Fort St. John, Grand Prairie, which I almost went to, and I'm, I'm kind of thankful I didn't just because of the circumstance. Um, 
uh, Smithers, Cranbrook. Um, you know what I mean? Like Fort St. Nowhere. I don't know. So, so they all just go out there and just try to get on like a little radio station. Yeah. I mean, they'll get the job before they move. Trust me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like they'll work there. And because there's, um, a, I mean, people have probably moved there from out of town if they work there. Maybe there's a few locals at the station, but B, they know that they're probably like a launching pad for a lot of talent. Like, I don't think anyone goes to the middle of nowhere up north and goes, this is it for me. I've climaxed, you know, like, mm-mm. so they know they're a launching pad and people will go there for a few years and they work really hard and they make good friends and they wear all the hats and they learn everything. Um, and then they try and work their way back to wherever their end goal is. And often I find with my friends that have graduated or even myself, it's like the end goal looks so different than when you first went in. Like you think you're going to end up here and then you kind of are here right now and you're kind of happy being here for five years and you don't need to go back to the main city or whatever. Right. I mean, everyone's um, career has evolved so differently than we thought. But yeah. What do you like about being on the radio? Because as you're talking about how difficult it is to get a position moving out of town, whatever. All I'm thinking about is, is there an opportunity in like starting your own radio station, but through podcast platform in terms of like playing the music that you want Mm -hmm. and in the intermissions, you just get to like chat, (laughs) but you're like mixing radio with podcast. Like, are you saying I could do that on my own? Do people do it? That's what I'm asking. Um, they might. I think it's a lot harder than we think. I'm not saying it would be easy. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't know too many people who do that, to be honest. There's probably tons of like broadcasting standards that you have to follow, right? No, no, no. I I don't want you to create your own radio station. Because that is true. That's expensive. (laughs) Produce a podcast. Yeah. But play music through the podcast. Are you allowed to do that? Trademark rights? (laughs) Yeah. I think you need to be licensed to play certain music, right? Hmm. So... Like if you, <laughs> we play JoJo's song. Steal stuff. Yeah, but he was yeah, sitting, but he across was sitting from there. You. Yeah, he was sitting there. That's fair. And I think it's different because you were playing his song on the phone, like really sketchily through the headphone. Hey. It wasn't like you're you're not using it without asking or paying for it as your like jingle to the the podcast. I don't know, guys. <laughs> no, that makes more sense. It, and to be honest, that's a whole lot of work if you're not getting paid. So like commercials are what makes us money. So if you're not playing commercials, you're doing this for free out of the goodness of your heart. And like it's a lot of work and time. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, how do you gain a listenership? I mean, maybe people will start to do it. There are like Spotify radio stations and stuff like that. And yeah, there's exactly. YouTube channels and people do podcasts. But I think people that love to communicate and connect with people like that's why they start a podcast. You know, it's more for the talk part of it, not the music part. What do you like about being on the radio? Is it the talking part? Is it the music part? Is it a combo? It's the combo. Yeah. The fact that I get to listen to so much music in a day um, to the point where I would even complain about it is like, life is good, you know? <laughs> life is good. I'm no longer flipping burgers at White Spot. Like, <laughs> life is good. Um, I just love being creative, trying new things. I'm not an expert. Like, I'm not a seasoned talent where I've, done this my whole life like I've done this about five years um I really enjoy like connecting with our listeners trying to hopefully make someone laugh like I just really want to make people laugh and make them think and if I can say something that's not necessarily funny but maybe it's interesting then I think that's a win and I'm you know it's it's also nerve-wracking when you first get into this because 
being yourself. I don't know if you guys felt this way when you first started podcasting, but getting in front of a mic and just trying to be yourself, like Mm -hmm. you at first kind of want to like pretend that you were a bit more bold or like, I don't know, right. You would try Mm -hmm. and put on a performance when you're not supposed to perform. You're supposed to be yourself. Mm -hmm. That takes about six months when you first start to just kind of relax and be yourself. And you have to kind of like yourself enough to be that open and vulnerable. Like I'm learning to do that too. So anyways, I, I love it for the music. Um, I love introducing people to new music and I just, I love to talk. I mean, I love starting conversations and we get to do that at JR again, like the JR fam is awesome. They text in, they call in and it's great. And it does not feel like work. It's fun. (laughs) How much flexibility do you have in terms of topics that you talk about throughout the show? I mean, I think every station has its own demographic, right? Sure. So we wouldn't be talking about the same thing as like Fox would be. I think our demographic is, in a sense, very broad because country music is super cool right now, I think. Maybe at a time it wasn't as cool, but I think like kind of with FGL, they came about probably like five, six years ago that mm-hmm. really like brought a wave of like younger people really loving to play it more. Um, and for me, it's I'm not just talking to some... I'm being very stereotypical, but like some old guy on a farm loving his traditional Western country music. Like I'm talking to literally anybody who lives in Vancouver, to be honest. Like it could be young folks like us. It could be um, parents with their kids in the car, in their car. It could be an older couple like our parents it could be an even older couple that have been listening to JR for years. I mean, so for me, I just try and find things that are kind of funny, kind of local. I'm pretty sarcastic, so I try and, like, bring a sassy spin to it. Like, not to the point where I'm, like, a total bitch and, like, it turns people off, I hope. Um, but just because I'm a realist, too, and I try and, like, look at the bright side of things. And Vancouverites love to complain about everything. I am one of them. <laughs> so that's, I think, another thing I get to play around with, too. How much, how much freedom are you given? Like, do you can you come up with your own segments and stuff? I suppose you could. Like, it's so... It's so I don't want to call it limited when you're on the weekends because I don't have my own show. But when I cover other people's show, which is like a lot this summer, you're probably going to hear me every day because everyone's going on holidays or whatever. Um, Like I just did 11 days in a row or something. And so I'm doing (laughs) other people's segments. So, yes, like people do segments. It's just not me at the moment. But when I was in Kelowna, I was doing segments because I was full time. Right. So we do this thing called Hot or Not. Like we choose a new song every day. You get to vote if Jr. plays it more or if we kind of like we don't like that one okay or we do i think barb does nine seconds at noon so people if they have a business they want to promote or if you were like hey i've got a podcast and this is where you can listen to it like you've got nine or ten seconds to say it and we'll air it on the radio in the noon hour so it's like free advertising kind of which is nice because people have fundraisers they want to promote or it's their anniversary or i don't know whatever right so yeah, we do some cool stuff at JR, which is really nice. Like, we're all about community, so we want to keep building that, I think. I don't know if other stations do it. I don't examine all of them or anything, but yeah. Who plays the music? What do you mean? <laughs> do you play the music? Yes, but it's like, um, okay, like he's got a laptop in front of him. Think of a screen. And the music's pre-programmed. Like, these are the things you learn in school, and then, like, the magic dies, right? Because you're, <laughs> you're understanding that Santa's not real, right? <laughs> Although, like, to me, I think it's really cool, and I want to get into music because I like music. But um, our evening guy, Jackson, he's uh, the music director, and so, like, he has the honor of choosing what we play on the station and, like, how it's curated in the sense. I mean, I don't know how much free reign he gets. I think he gets total free reign. I don't know, though. Um, I don't know that side of things too well, but yeah, we have a 
a music director, every station does, that chooses the playlists and what categories every song is. So if something's from 2014, that's going to be played at a different hour than something, or let's say less often than right. something that is totally in high rotation, like Luke Combs, Beer Never Broke My Heart. Like we're playing that a lot. You'll probably hear that every 90 minutes because that's just what happens. And then we slowly play it a little bit less. And then maybe in seven or eight months ago, you'll hear it once a week. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And things like Alan Jackson will be kind of like a wow category where you're like, oh, I haven't heard that song in a while. We'll throw it in a few times a day or I don't know, maybe a few times a week. But you know what I mean? For it to actually play on the air, there's a big button that says auto. And it's like <laughs> if I go to the bathroom and I left it in manual, it's nothing's playing. And that would really suck, right? So you got to make sure that's always an auto. But if you're going to talk, like you would turn it off so that you're not always talking on top of the song. This is probably very boring. No, this is okay. interesting it's to me. Very interesting. I'm sweating, have, by the way. <laughs> I know it's kind of hot in this room. Okay. Not, no, I'm not complaining. It's just if you notice it, don't <laughs> no, tell me. <laughs> no, 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 it's hot in this room. We okay. had the AC on before, but it's really loud. So we're tuning it mm -hmm. off. <laughs> Fair. Fair. It's just like two months a year in this room. It gets so hot. Because the sun sets right Freaking there. Freaking summer, right, guys? Just crack another beer. Yeah. Some airflow in here. <clears throat> I'm not high maintenance, I promise. Oh, that's <clears throat> way better already. That, like, Is gust that? of wind that came in. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have specified time that you, like, have to play music per hour? What, like how how much music like we play per hour? You're allowed to talk for 15 minutes per hour, or like, or how mm. does that work? Um, if you go off on a rant for 12 minutes, oh god, is that frowned upon? Um, what if I call in during your show and we just like shoot the shit for a few minutes? Well, we wouldn't be live, so you do you, boo. We can no. talk all day, but I'm not gonna air it. <laughs> so whenever you're talking to someone, it's never live. No, sometimes it is. Oh really? Yeah, like Isn't our that, we do sketchy. It can be a little bit nerve wracking. Like we do a contest right now called Cash Cow that they call in within 93 seconds and usually the song's still playing. So we're I'm talking and I'm explaining the rules to them off air, but then I tell them we're about to go live, right? Like they'll know when they're about to go live. But when it comes to normal people like calling in, yeah, they call in and then we try and make the conversation as authentic as possible. Like I don't fake it from there. I just cut it up. Maybe the hi, okay, bye, see you, the dial tone or whatever. Maybe cut out a little bit of ums or coughs or a little bit of awkward silence. And then I'll air it. Sorry. Um, yeah. So, I mean, everything is like probably 30 seconds or less. If it's really good, like if it's a contest or something, then yeah, like a minute's fine. Or, I mean, I've always been told that if it's going to be longer than 30 to 45 seconds at the most, like it better be good from start to finish. Like, and, and that's what a lot of new jocks have to learn. I still learn that sometimes where I'll even listen back to something and think, oh, that could have been shorter. Like, Edit until you cry is such an important piece of criticism, I find. Like, how can you say something that would have taken you 20 seconds and make it into nine seconds, right? And that's hard because apparently we only have sec seven seconds to captivate an audience before they change the station. Because if you're kind of liking country music or you kind of like the person who's on or you haven't even thought about what their name is or you're just kind of listening and you threw it on or you hardcore love the person, doesn't matter... The song ends and then I come and talk. You're like, okay, and you change the station, right? Like, it's just what people do and we're trained to do that. So. I rarely change the channel. I really only listen to Spotify or JR. Yeah, me too. If I'm on the radio, it's JR. But it's You're on the radio? That's so cool. If it's on the radio. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what? 
You said, if I'm on the radio, that's if what it's. you said. I don't think so. Uh, I think so. Enunciate. <laughs> Hello. This is my show, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, one day when you're on my show. <laughs> Just kidding. What do you do when music is playing? Is that when you're editing yeah, past I'm, conversations? Yeah, I'm editing calls. I'm like trying to make something creative. I'm trying to prep my next break. Maybe I'm going to the bathroom. I don't know. I'm call, I'm taking calls. I'm responding to texts. I'm doing something on social media. Like I'm never really just sitting still doing nothing. That's for sure. Hmm. Yeah. That's something I often think about. I didn't know you edit all that stuff. I had no idea either. Why you're doing that. I thought like the whole day was like planned for you guys already. Like in what way? That's so interesting. I guess like you guys know exactly what segments are coming up next and how long everything is going to be. I, not really. I mean, some program directors. They're more strict. They could be. Yeah. I mean, I think some formats like Top 40 uh, that play a lot of pop music, they'll be like, okay, you got a nine second song intro. And that just means like to hit the post in industry terms would mean when Ariana Grande sings her first line, right? right, right so right. you have a nine second intro. If you want to hit the post right on, that means the second you finish talking is the second that she starts to sing, which you feel like a badass when you do it. Uh, it's so smooth. But um, yeah, like if you have a nine second song, you better get it out in eight seconds because the, the first second of the song is going to roll first and then you go. JR is a little bit more chill. Like that doesn't mean we just like, I assume would want people to talk for like three minutes at a time. They want everything to be quick and tight because it's music first. It's a forward momentum. But yeah, like every jock's allowed to have a personality. And that's something I really enjoy about working at our station is they really encourage personality and real people, real conversations. And again, make it as um, efficient as possible and like entertaining, like don't cut out the fluff. And Mm -hmm. that's something I think I'll have to do for the rest of my life. But yeah, I mean, you can't just, it's not a podcast. It's a radio show. (laughs) You got to time out the radio. The commercial's got to play at a certain uh, minute in the hour, at least within a few minutes before or after of when it's scheduled. Like, you know what I mean? You are on a time crunch. You, if you have to cut a few songs and that's one thing, but we can never cut commercials. Right. So we have to make sure that those always play within the hour and those can be up to 10 minutes. Right. I mean, two, five minutes of commercial breaks, but yeah, like, we have rules we have to follow for sure. But it's not like awful or anything. It's still a pretty sweet gig. It's nothing nothing crazy, no. Yeah. You talk briefly about authenticity and like learning how to be yourself on the mm-hmm. on the show. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're limited at all in in terms of if I could editing? say fuck, it would be a lot more fun for me. Right. Like that. Um So a little bit. <laughs> a little bit i think i'm or just is what it is like it is what it is i'm i've learned to let loose and i try and have my show these days be as like um involved around listeners as possible Mm. so as if i can get more phone calls or like texts on the air then i think that sounds better at least for most of my breaks because then i can actually i think i'm so um, more relaxed and just and just being who i am when i'm having a conversation with someone right I don't just like read off a script at all times or anything like that. It takes a lot of practice and I think I'll be a lot better in 10 years than I am right now, but I'm a hell of a lot better than I was when I first started. And, you know, they, you know, my one program director a few years ago, she gave me great advice. She's like, you know, nailing the basics of radio from one to a hundred, one being you've never done it to a hundred being I've nailed the basics of call letters, time, song name, or back selling the last song you just said or whatever 
like a little bit of a break here of whoever you want to talk about the weather this coming up i don't know and then going into it like that's a basic break for instance like bare minimum if you got nothing going on you can always rely on that to do that and for it to sound effortless or at least that you've got a role on it is one to a hundred and then to be authentically you and creative and to always strive for the next show to be equally creative and consistent that's from 100 to 110 and that's a lot harder than one to 100 mm -hmm. if that makes sense like totally. that little 10 percent like probably takes years to develop and with every radio station you work at your program director might want a different sound from you too right so i'm sure you're always going to be evolving so yeah it's it's an industry based on talent and sometimes feelings can get hurt if someone tells you you're not funny <laughs> you know <laughs> Because, you know, if you don't make a sandwich the right way, it's like you're not going to cry about it at home. But if nothing you do is translating and someone just doesn't like your voice or someone doesn't think you're funny or whatever it is, that you would probably take a little bit more personally, right? But How do you encourage um, audience interaction? I feel like that's a big part of the show. Yeah. I think it really helps me that I uh, started in life as a writer like since i was a kid and i could learn to spell i wrote so much you know the teacher would ask for a one-page short story in grade three and i gave her a novel <laughs> so for me finding an opening line that's captivating like i will prepare a lot of things some jocks they'll write down the topic that is maybe i don't know if we're in a pop station taylor swift music video and they can just rant and rant and rant and i don't know if that's just because they've done it for a million years or that's just naturally how they've always been in all areas of their life they just wing it and they've got the confidence and they can get in and get out no 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 no. like for me personally and i know a lot of my girlfriends are like this too i need to i can ad lib in the middle but i need to have a solid in and a solid out and i'll always write those at least at this stage of my career because to me yes that's a comfort zone some might call it a crutch but at least i'm not preparing myself to fail and something that time sorry sometimes you're going to try things and you might fail at it too like it's better to be adventurous when you're being creative on air like don't get me wrong you don't want to be in a comfort zone and be boring but it's just i love having some things written out and because i write them out i i can go over it a few times in my head and, and think about how that would sound on air before i actually say it on air read it out a few times and if i'm not super captivated by it then i would assume somebody else wouldn't be either right yeah so yeah do you actively try to get audience interaction though yes <clears throat> i mean to like switch a topic onto somebody else and asking them what they think of it or what's the time that like okay you i said this in a different podcast i was on but this topic really blew up and it still stands out like we were talking about mixed matched socks and honestly <laughs> topics that are very simple do very well on the radio totally and um i just said do you leave the house one day what did i say I don't, I don't remember what i said but it was like you're getting up in the morning right and you're getting you're buttoning up your shirts and you're putting on your socks and you look down to tie your shoes do your socks match and if they don't does it bother you like that's it, right? And everyone said that I should go to hell if I don't like mix match socks. If I have to leave the house and they're matched, which by the way, I do, I am, if someone told me, hear what's wrong with the world. Somebody said that to me because I was like, personally, it really bugs me. I don't care if you don't have mixed match socks. I don't think it looks the best. Like if you're at a wedding, match your socks. <laughs> but if we're all rolling up to our campus, no, I don't really care. But for me personally, I'm a stylish person. 
yes, my socks have to match. Chances are you're not going to see my socks anyways. That's just something that, you know, is for me. I don't know. Like, it's just so minuscule, but it kind of affects all of us. Until one person texted in saying, well, some of us don't even have socks, okay? Some people can't even afford socks. Do you ever think about they can't afford new socks? And I'm like, I didn't think about that, to be honest. Like, and now I feel like shit. So thanks, you know? <laughs> but that wasn't really the question. Cool. The question was, are you okay with mix, mix yeah. match But then socks. some people are saying, but why would you get mad if they don't match, if somebody else's don't match? What, what if that person can't afford to get new socks? And I'm like, totally fair. I'm not saying this single mother of four that is rushing to get all of her kids out to school and the all her socks don't match. She's a bad person. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I, it's just, it's like a joke, right? It's just like a funny topical conversation. And some people could get really, really mad about it. 90% of people were like, yeah, I don't care. Nah, there's bigger problems or yeah, I need to have the match. But then there's always going to be a few people that are like, they just, it kind of goes over their heads and they take it very personally very or they get very offended. Right. Which you can't do anything about, but at least you got their attention. And that's all that I care about. Like, I'm not out to hurt anybody's feelings, but we do want people to listen to the station. So at least what I made made an impact. And to me, that's a good bit. That's interesting radio. Right. For sure. Yeah. I should comment on the socks one next time. What if people have creatively <laughs> mix match socks? Like one that is was... black with gray polka dots and the other one is gray with I black I had a little polka kid dots. call me. You know, a little kid. <laughs> he was like, hi, I'm making this up. Like I'm ad living. It's not verbatim, but he was like, hi, I'm Jacob and I'm 10. And I would like to weigh in on the sock issue, which was like adorable. Like he was pitching Jacob? me an elevator pitch. Right. And I was like, yes, Jacob, let's get it. No, I'm okay. I'm yeah. not even halfway done. I won't shut up. I can't drink this. Um, <laughs> but he was like, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm just really creative. Right. And I like to express myself through what I wear. And I was like, I feel that. And he's like, you know, sometimes I'll make, you know, it was just like really cute how he was saying how he does not match the socks sometimes because to him, that's like a ball in fashion move. I don't know. And I was like, you go, Jacob. Like I wasn't like knocking him on the air. I was like, you know what? You're totally right. I didn't even think about that. (laughs) But, you know, everyone was able to weigh in on that because everyone's worn socks at some point in their life. Right. So sometimes the simplest is the better. And to me, that's how I think really good conversations start. So I try when I think about a topic, I'll try and peel it back. Okay, how can I like make it a little bit more simpler just so that it's easier for people to jump in on, right? Yeah. Are you wearing matching socks? Of course. Thank you. <laughs> Do you God. have to? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I kind of assumed because you're kind of like the analytical side of all these things that that would be something that would maybe bug you. That's never even come across my mind. I'm wearing two, I'm different, wearing two socks. different socks. Yeah. Really? Thank you. Me neither. Oh, and if I'm wearing white shoes, the socks have to be white, not a gray. <laughs> you know what I mean? If I'm wearing boots, I guess it's different. But yeah. How about how about you? So what, you just like wake up in the morning and just grab whatever. I'd say ninety-five percent of the time, my socks really? are matching. Oh, my okay. matching. Okay. okay. Oh, we got some normal folks. At the but table. sometimes I wake up and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm living life my way, and I just wear two completely different socks. What if they're both like colorful and kind of designy and? Oh, they're always colorful. Yeah. You're like my boyfriend. He's got those exact same socks. <laughs> Happy socks? Yeah, sure. They're the best. I don't oh, know. that's the best brand. I like your boyfriend. I was trying to think about how maybe, let's say, you, who needs to have them matched, you wouldn't even think of them not matching. That's just so not you. The one day in the year that they didn't match, you are so late to work or something, right? And you're driving and you kind of are like, fuck, I look stupid, don't I? I hope they don't notice the socks. 
And then I come on the radio like bashing, not really, but like giving the flip side of things that I think it's a little ridiculous if you're an adult and you're dressing nice <laughs> somewhere. And and then you're like, oh, my God, I'm a piece of shit. Like I, sh- I should have woken up five minutes earlier. I'm humiliated. Like I didn't even think about <laughs> I'm sure that's so minuscule in somebody's day, but people were attacking me as if they were thinking that way. But no matter what you say, there's no way that you can please everyone. No. And some people just love to and be I offended. And I don't want to. I don't no. want to. Yeah. Like I'm not a mean person. I'm so accepting of everybody. And if anything, I'm more on the PC side of things. It's just, that's just who I am. I think if you're getting any kind of, again, I'm not saying anything rude on air. So if you're getting any form of engagement, at least they're listening. You just kind of have to look at it like, oh, well, that really made an impact. So that was a good one. I don't know. Right. I, I know when a, a joke or a bit or a topic doesn't land when I get nothing, like no calls, no texts. I'm like, cool, moving on. <laughs> Happens at least once a weekend. I mean, you got to shoot your shots. And usually it's the ones, it's the breaks that you're like, I thought of this all week. You know, especially in the slower months for me, it's like I have Monday to Thursday or Friday off and then I roll in, do my show on the weekends and like there'll be a topic that happened on Tuesday and I'm like, I know everybody on the radio talking about it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but I got a different spin or it's just, it's just something I thought of and I'm like, and this is going to, this is going to change my career. This is a good ass bit and nothing. But, you know, and then it's the ones that I saw a meme halfway through my show about socks. I talked about it 10 minutes later and that blew up. You know what I mean? It's like, why? Why does it happen that way? I swear you'll never know. Like you can try and prep a show and usually the best stuff is the stuff that you just you're winging it. Right. Well, that's the thing, like stuff that goes viral. Right. Usually it's just the most random stuff. Yeah. And you, can't, you cannot predict it. And the people who make the content have no idea that's going to happen. Right. It just, they say that. And sometimes I think with this culture, I'm like, but you kind of hope that it would <laughs> like you kind of put it on the Internet because you knew it Always, was good. Yeah. And you they'll, they'll be on CNN like I had no idea. But it's like you but you kind of did all the right steps for it to happen. You know, <laughs> like that little um that video that happened like two weeks ago, that little baby, like having the conversation with this dad on the couch. And I don't, I don't remember what they were watching, but like, he's like just talking in gibberish. And then the dad's like, Oh yeah, I know that's ridiculous. Like he's actually like having a stimulating conversation with his like infant son. And the way that the son's looking at him, he's like, like he's got all the attitude and like the mannerisms. Yes. Of like how a conversation would go without the spoken English. It's fantastic. (laughs) And I saw him on CNN with the little kid and the little kid was so well behaved, like didn't cry. I don't remember who interviewed him. And the dad is so funny. Like, I don't think he's trying to be famous or milk this, but he's naturally very comedic and he's a charmer and he's handsome. Great smile. Call me. Sorry. Anyway, (laughs) um, but he was doing really, really well on the interview. And they were like, you know, this is exactly what the world needs right now. Like we need these little viral happy things to pop up because we're all going to go insane with all the negative news that happens 24 seven. So thank you. And did you have any intention of doing that when you uploaded it? Like Honestly, no. Like we thought, okay, like maybe our friends would share it and friends and family would share it because it's pretty good. Like it's it's pretty rich. But we, you, can you predict that? And I was like, no, but you did all the right steps for it to happen. And you're pretty thrilled and you should be. But I don't know. Who knows? I, the people on the, on the topic, sorry, one last thing of me saying I'll prep all week for a really good bit and it doesn't really soar. Sometimes I think like, did I try too hard that it became mechanic mm. or robotic in that sense? Sorry. 
And then the things that I just wing that happen in the in the moment, like those take off. And I'm not saying like I'm a rock star and wow, they took off. You know what I mean, though? They do well in in my show. It's the same thing with people on the Internet. Like some people try so hard, right, to get that viral, that viral moment for clout or whatever people call it now for likes, for shares. And they'll go so above and beyond. And it's like so embarrassing and tacky and half of it just doesn't make an impact. And then it's those little viral moments that had no intention of going big because it's authentic and real that those get shared millions and millions of times. Do you think it's just less genuine if you're thinking about it throughout the week, planning, rewording, whereas if you just see something throughout a show, it's like your first instinct and you're saying Maybe, you know, you need to kind of live a life so you can talk about life. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're just constantly working, 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 like if I worked 20 days in a row, I bet you my last two shows would probably, I would probably start to sound like I was burning out a little bit. Or just super mechanical. And maybe, the, yeah, maybe that makes me a shitty broadcaster. I don't know, but I'd like to think that everyone needs at least one day off. Not saying I'm not willing to work 20 days in a row. It's just, I think the fact is when everyone has a little bit of downtime to themselves, they get to live life and actually experience things and then think that would be good to talk about right? Like ghosting. I could totally make a topic on ghosting. How do you define that? Right? We just, this inspired me to think about that for the weekend. Right. And that's how that comes about. But yeah, if, if something was planned for five days, I would assume over time that I would even get bored of it before I did it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome for that topic. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. I just thought it was such a hilarious conversation. I'll be like, hey, JR fam, my friend Denny's having relationship issues. Please let me know. What do you think about ghosting? Like, he's really concerned. (laughs) I would never do that. You can tell them to message me directly on Instagram. Drop drop his number, yeah. (laughs) Do you get ghosted a lot? Do you have a girlfriend? I have a girlfriend. Okay. Were you ever ghosted before that? No. Uh, Well, did you start? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, some people have been in relationships a long time and they never even went on Tinder in the first place. But I unfortunately did. did one you? ghost. You've had one I've ghost. I've never been on Tinder. Really? How did you meet people before online? Ever? I got married. Oh, yeah? Didn't I, work out. Really? Actually? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I never would have guessed. Really? Yeah, really. Well, I'm older than you think, maybe. How old are you? 30. That's not old. That's not old. That's not old. <laughs> how, how young were you when you got married the first time? 20. Uh, the first time. Jesus. Sorry. The only time? Uh, 26. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a normal age, actually. Old school. My family's really old school. That's okay. I don't really fit the mold, I guess. <laughs> no. Um, not at all, dude. <laughs> I won't pry, but that's fascinating. I, I met my boyfriend at the Roxy. <laughs> Did you? So many yeah. good things happened at the Roxy. Was that Do a country they? event? It was Roxy Sunday, yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, long story short, <laughs> but like we love this story and I don't care who knows it. So Karen's our morning show host. Um, I had just gotten the job and moved back home. I was living in Kelowna and working in radio in Kelowna for a year and a half. Moved back home in October. And uh, I was hanging out with one of my girlfriends who worked on the other station weekends. We were both weekend girls, but on different stations. But I had known her for years through BCIT and other jobs. And I, originally Karen set up my boyfriend, whose name is Tyler, with my girlfriend, like one of my friends who worked on the other station, because she was like, you're single and you're single. Boom, it's going to work. And I think they went on a few dates and like it just didn't like there wasn't any sparks or anything. And so she actually told me to go for it. And I was like, 
uh, I'm not really interested in dating at the moment. Like I just moved home. I really need to focus on my job kind of a thing and my family and all that. And so a few months go by and now it's close to Christmas and we're at Roxy Sunday. And my friend who she, um, Karen originally set Tyler up with, she was moving on to work for, um, said 95 now. And so we all went to Roxy Sunday for her last day. I'm sure she really loves me telling this story, but it's pretty <laughs> funny and I'm telling it at my wedding, so I don't care. Um, and so she invited him and again, I don't think they ever were really anything, but she was like, yeah, he's like a nice guy. He'll be fun. So brought him out to Roxy Sunday and he was probably thinking, well, we've been on a date. So like, I guess she wants to hang out with me, but she is telling me you should go for him. I think you should. And I, and I don't go to like bars or anything to meet guys. Like if guys come up to me to dance, I like take my girlfriend and I dance the other way. Like I don't like it. That's not how I like meeting people unless you're just a, a bro. But when does a guy just want to be your friend at a bar? It doesn't happen. So not um, at the Roxy anyway, not at the Roxy. <laughs> hell no. Well, we totally hit it off. Like again, me and him are not someone who ever had any game before that. Like we're totally like relationship people. We were never people that just liked going on dates and ghosting with people and anything like that. And so when we met, like I actually fell in love with him that night. It was so random and weird. And we were just both so drunk, (laughs) but we were dancing and my friend ended up leaving after 15 minutes and it's her going away. I don't think she wanted to go. Maybe she did, but she was like, got him off my hands. That worked out well. And then we didn't hang out for like six weeks or something like it, but it, it's, it's super funny. So Karen actually tried to hook him up with a different coworker and platonically we met at a bar. I hadn't even met Karen yet, who was my coworker and his mom. And we actually fell in love without her even having to arrange it because everyone <laughs> assumes that she probably hooked us up. And it's like, I actually knew him before you weirdly enough. And it's great. Like, I love her. She's like my second mom. It's very cool that she's in the industry too. I can ask her questions or, Sometimes I'm on the morning show if Graham's away. And so it's cool to work with her too. And then like have dinner with her. Like, it's just really cool. Right. So, and not something I was ever aiming out. Like I wasn't like dipping my pen in company ink. That wasn't ever the plan. <laughs> and I was not ever actually going to pursue him, but she was like, why aren't you pursuing my son? Like kind of a thing. Like she wanted him to be in a relationship. And obviously we've lasted quite a while. We live together now, but Yeah. That's it's all worked pretty out. funny. What's yeah. Tyler up to? He's a financial advisor. He's a financial oh. advisor. Yeah, Van City. So if you need a financial advisor <laughs> in the Tri-City area, I'll hook you with his business card. <laughs> He's like super like nine to five suit and tie. And then like just loves to have a good time after that. <laughs> He's like really a cool. lot of bank people. I would assume, a like, if you're going to do that every day, yeah. like, you need to have a good time on the weekends. I couldn't do it. What's the radio after party life like? I don't know. I think we're all too, I think we're all tired by the end of our shifts. We're <laughs> like, well, see ya. Like, I don't know. We all really like to drink, but I mean, we, I mean, half of them have wives and kids, and so they kind of do their own thing. But when radio people do get together, people get hammered. And that's at every radio station I've ever worked at. Like we like to drink for sure. Is there rivalries locally? I would or hope not. Like- I think that's, um, I mean, yeah, there's going to be ratings where you hope you do well, but you don't wish the other people poorly. That's just business. You want to rank well. Mm-hmm. It's um, if you have, I suppose like competition or rivalry with somebody else, that's clearly a personal thing. I don't have any, <laughs> you know, it's, 
connecting over collab or sorry, over competing collaboration over competition, at least for me, why burn the bridges? I just Mm. don't understand. And so I, yeah, if, if other people have beef with other people, then I suppose that's a personal thing. We don't, I don't, I don't hate anybody because you might end up working with them down the road. Like mm-hmm. they say that you haven't made it in radio until you get laid off. Really? It's really? not like a super <laughs> stable industry. Some companies are better than others. Um, so, Hey, like who's to say you both won't get laid off one day or move to a different town or get a job offer. And now you're working with this person that you were competing with before. Like, it's just, we're all, it's better to have like a family dynamic in that sense. Right. But I, I suppose it's, with any industry, with connecting with people and building friendships, like you get out of it, what you put into it. Right. And so for me, I just try to meet everybody and yeah. And try and be a yes person. Honestly, I I take every shift they ask me to do and work hard and hope for the best. Right. Do you like working in the country scene now? I love it. I love it. Are you a big country fan now? Wouldn't say I'm a big country fan, but I, I'm really starting to love it. Like I listen to it on my off time now. And that's when I know I really like it. You've been a JR a year. Uh, almost oh, two. Almost two? Yeah. What are your go-to country artists, artists right now? Um, it's interesting because I grew up I'm on a farm. I'm assuming it's probably not like, like mainstream because you hear it too much on the radio? Uh, it depends. Um, like my first ever concert was the Dixie Chicks. So like I grew up with some country, right? Like it wasn't completely foreign. It's just like I had an emo phase and I didn't go that way. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no photos to show it. <laughs> so humiliating. Um. Is that what happened to your personal Instagram? What do you mean? Your personal Instagram has 12 posts. Oh, no. Yeah, those were all emo, and then I deleted the ones from before. (laughs) No. (laughs) I just archive them from time to time. I don't know why. Anyway, um, (laughs) I was like, like, I was emo. Like, you don't even know. Like, Like musically wise, too, and all that? Yes. I wasn't just, like, depressed and listened to, like, What were you listening to? Like My Chemical Romance, From First to Last, The Used, you know, like, Jesus Christ, like, brand new, get it? Yeah, it's just, uh, it was a moment, I was young, I didn't know any better. But anyways, back to the original question. Country's so happy. Sometimes, or sometimes it's really depressing. Have you heard that new Luke Combs song? But happy depressing. I will say it's better songwriting. It has more substance. And that's mm. why I think I can listen to it on rotation as much as I do at work without getting sick of it. Like, I literally don't get sick of it. Whereas when I was working in Top 40, which I would do it again, naturally, I love pop music. And that's what I grew up loving once I got out of the emo phase. <laughs> um, but like hearing Justin Bieber a few times a show, it not as much substance as hearing again, like Luke Combs or Brett Aldridge, you know, I love Casey Musgraves. I've always loved Casey mm-hmm. Musgraves. And I think her and Marin Morris are fantastic and they're major crossover artists. Kind of the way T Swift did it. You know, mm-hmm. everyone talks shit about T Swift, but she, she had to break that ceiling and country fans might never go back to her. And they think that she sold out, but she killed it doing country. And she made people like me as a kid who did not like country listen to country right and now she's killing it doing pop and she could do both i mean she still writes country songs like babe and better man like those are incredible songs but she's just given to somebody else right and that's where the money is baby songwriting songwriting yeah like i yeah for sure like if you um yeah if you uh sang a song and wrote a song like you're making way more money than if you just sang it for sure because you got to pay the songwriter, right? That's the royalty. 
And so if your song blows up, like for instance, um, Love Yourself, Justin Bieber, like Ed Sheeran wrote that song. So he's probably getting, if not more money, equal amount of pay for that. Maybe a little bit less. I don't know the ratios, but like you, it pays you to write your own songs. Mariah Carey, random fact, she had like 20 number ones. She's written 19 of them. Can you, like, did you know that? I never would have thought that, to be honest. I don't know why. A lot of people don't write their own songs. A lot of people don't. A lot of people write for others, Mm. right? Like I was listening to your episode with Jojo and he said, Chris Stapleton wrote Drink a Beer. Like Sam Hunt's written a lot of songs for other artists, like Keith Urban and stuff, right? Like, and And they start out. Michael Tenpenny wrote his new one. Yeah. I Mitchell think he wrote Future. Did he write Future? I'm not too He wrote sure. one of his... Better new, on you? Maybe Better the on you. brand new one? Maybe the new one. I can't remember. Yeah, Mitchell Tenpenny. Yeah. That so, guy, I love that guy. Really? Yeah, he's really good. That's cool. You don't like him? I've just never really dived deep into it. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, I love Casey. I love Marin. I love Brett Aldridge. I love Luke Combs. He was very nice when he came to the JR Live Lounge last year. Did you meet Luke? Yeah. Um, and like, he was like... Big, like people knew him because we played When It Rains, It Pours, right? That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then One Number Away was the next one. Yeah. Major songs. Hurricane. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful Crazy. Like we've played all of it the past year. And when I met him, like we knew he was going to be big. I, at least I really thought, but he, it wasn't like Florida Georgia line walked into the studio. Although like FGL has come to the JR Live Lounge. That's the cool thing about JR is like all these artists have been there their first year or two and now they've blown up and like that's wild to me but with luke holmes big friendly giant man like he's very tall he's a little bit wide and he's very kind he's pretty wide wicked beard and beard and just dresses like a normal dude at the co-op like literally a carhartt hoodie nothing special regular hat jeans i don't know like just did not look like he had a lot of money. And if he does have a lot of money, he doesn't dress like it, which is cool. And that's kind of a country thing anyway. Mm-hmm. But you could just genuinely tell, like, he loves music. He was so nice to everybody. And when I met him, he said, hey, I do this weird thing with artists where I take kind of weird photos. Like, can we do that? He's like, yeah, for sure. So, like, we went back to back and, like, we kind of crossed <laughs> our arms like this. And I did it with one of my other friends at work. And then... And then I, and then the, the guy friend, he walked away and then I looked at him and I'm like, can I, uh, he's like, get a normal pick. Yep. <laughs> then we just have a normal pick of it. And I was like, oh, you're so funny. Like he's a nice guy. Have you seen him perform? I'm going in October and I don't like. He's at Rogers in October. Right? And it's sold out in an hour or a day or something yeah. crazy. Like he was playing what Commodore last year. I went to Commodore And I didn't get year. to go to that one because usually I, I work concert nights because like someone else at the station wants to go. So that's when us part-timers get the shift. So it's like, whatever, if it's not on a weekend or if, I, if we don't book it off well in advance, like we're probably working the show and that's fine. Um, so I didn't get to see Luke and I get to go this year because I think it's on a Saturday and I'm like, excellent. I am so excited. I think Morgan <laughs> Wallen, more sorry, Morgan Wallen's opening up. I didn't look at the lineup. I think so, which I hope because I really like Morgan Wallen right now. He's so good. Yeah. Luke is my favorite. Which one? Combs? Combs. Yeah, yeah. same. He's my favorite. I've seen him twice now. Really? And I'll probably get tickets in October. It's sold out, so good luck. Well, you just get them on Craigslist or something. I guess so, but they're going to be so expensive. Like, Although, it's so funny. The section I'm in was like 47 bucks. Also, Rogers sucks. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 
Why? Just like the layout on the whole stage and all the that? The acoustics suck. It's too yeah, big. No right? acoustics. 20, yeah. Or whatever, 15,000 people when you eliminate the back of the stage. It's too big. It's too many people. I did feel that way when I saw Lord, like saw Lord about a year and a half ago. Yeah. At mm. Rogers. And like, I am a massive Lord fan. Like I love all kinds of music and uh, she, that, like melodrama is one of my favorite albums of all fucking time. Like that's a fantastic album if you've ever heard it. And um, I knew every word of every song she sang and I was sitting front row of the lower bowl. So I wasn't super close, but not like nosebleeds. And I still turned to my sister and was like, I could look, watch this on YouTube, right? Like, yeah. and that's not the artist's fault. It's the venue. Like, yeah. you have so many fans that want to see you. So what are you going to do? Book a venue for six days in a row for 10,000 people or whatever? Or are you going to do one night with mm-hmm. all 25, 40? I don't know how many, right? It's like pretty. Have you been to one at BC Place? Uh, just Taylor Swift ones. Yeah. And I think Luke Bryan, was he at BC? I went to that one. It Did was not in like November. It. Did not like that show. Loved Sam Hunt. What was wrong with it? What was wrong with the show? Uh, no, just to Luke Bryan. It just like there wasn't enough theatrics for me, like to too fill up hip the stadium throughout the show. I'm not joking. That's his move, and it is pretty interesting <laughs> to me. Like if you see an artist like Taylor Swift, I can really only compare to her because a I think she's one of the only artists that consistently sells out BC Place for one or two nights, but also um, is one of the only I've seen at BC Place because again the more most people play rogers yeah but she breaks out all the stops man like she every song in her set list like if the set list is 25 songs or something like it's a brand new outfit and fire and water and three flying stages and (laughs) then an acoustic set and the piano and it's like it's just incredible and like 40 background dancers and then and then like a montage in them in the intermission of just cool behind the scenes and to me, it's just like, again, I'm not going to say I'm the biggest Taylor Swift fan in the world, but I've loved her for 10 years now. And when I went to see her in Seattle last year, she played Safeco, which is massive. And I, outdoor. I think, yeah, which was very cool. And there was 65,000 people, right? Because you're getting some Crazy. people from Canada and some yeah. people from Portland and then everyone in Washington coming. And she literally made me feel like I was the only one in the room, but like, it was so good (laughs) where with Luke Bryan, like, I know he's talented. Don't get me wrong. This isn't a diss, but his big like costume change was like a red t-shirt to a green t-shirt. Like, you know what I mean? And for me, I just was like, "Eh, whatever had a blast. I drunkenly sang every song, but I'm not going to say that was one of the most memorable shows I've ever been to. Right. He did have a cooler on stage. (laughs) Where he just like kept opening and cracking beers Did and he'd he? take a sip. I, w- I clearly was drinking too many you beers too because I don't remember that. Oh, that was the most memorable part of the show for me. Okay. He had a cooler. He'd take a beer out, take one sip, and then just throw it in the crowd. That's yeah. kind of cool. But it I was, cool. I was also kind of far away from that times. one. Yeah. But I kept hearing that his other show, like three or four years ago, with this big flaming truck that came up on the stage, like that, everyone's like, yeah, that's when I saw him. And I'm like, we didn't get that. Like, that <laughs> does sound cool. <laughs> We got a different t-shirt. Like, you know what I mean? But Sam Hunt came on before him and he was doing covers of like Goodbye Earl. And I sobbed. I was like, this is my jam. I got up. It was a good ass time. I liked Sam Hunt the best, I think. I didn't get to see Gore Bamford. Did he also open up? No, not Gore Bamford. uh, Uh, John Party. uh, Party. I always mix them up and I don't know why. I saw he was pretty good. I I would have loved to see him. When the stadium is half full, it's a bit strange, Yeah, I know. Because people are walking in and stuff. That's why I find festivals are like such a great atmosphere because 
there's always a crowd of people, right? Yep. At least after five o'clock, like that's when things start to fill up. So I feel like the ambience there would have been a lot better. I think the venues kind of make the performance. Like, yeah, it makes a big and difference. it's up to you as the performer to like how you fill that room. Right. But that's tough. me, the performer. I, I know what I'm doing guys. <laughs> <laughs> I would really fill up that place. <laughs> I feel like, like as if I can talk. <laughs> when when artists are doing like a world tour, every single venue is different, yeah. right? So that must be hard to figure that out. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like again, I'm not knocking their right. crap. And they probably I have what an hour of but rehearsal. But I can say, as someone who like pays for a ticket, what entertains me and what doesn't. No, but like you hear, there are certain artists that like they go over the edge, right? Like they push mm-hmm. the shows every time. They do. Like someone like Beyonce or someone, yeah, right? Like you're right? always gonna have fun. Like it's always gonna be an amazing performance. I think, though, I mean, hey, I'm not in that industry, but a really good piece of advice that I got for my own shows, again, much different playing ground, is that, you know, you don't have to be a 10 out of 10 every single day where you're the funniest person and the coolest and the most interesting person on air every single day. Like, you don't need to be a 10 out of 10 every day. Consistently be a seven and a half. If you're consistent and some shows you you might really bang one out and it's like the best thing ever, don't get me wrong, like, don't aim to be less than but consistency is key and that like really changed my shows you know if i can come out of 10 days in a row without a without an off day and be like i didn't feel like had a i had a write-off lazy show that i just mailed it in and i was tired like there's a difference between a shift and a show Mm. and if i can be like no I, i i look really i look back on those 10 shows and yeah they were all pretty consistently good like I would, I mean, I'm not, maybe my program director would send me some different feedback. I don't know, but I can be proud of them and be like, yep, I try my best for sure. You know, other than just going at it for three shows in a row, 10 out of 10. And then the last two, you burn out and they're like five out of 10. And you're, you know what I mean? Cause creative energy is so much different. And maybe that sounds a little woo woo, but like you can be drained and exhausted after a show for sure. Do you go into them like that? Thinking that it's more of a performance than a shift? Um, performance is, it's like, in a sense, you are performing because you kind of have to always be on. Maybe that's the best way to put it. You have to be on the moment you step in that studio. If you were fighting with your boyfriend or your car broke down, like you're not bringing that into the show. Yeah. Like my, sorry, my car literally was engulfed in smoke an hour (laughs) before I went on last week. And I, I talked about it only because we were talking about how hot it was. I was doing weather and one guy said, yeah, it's so hot that my, my Jetta broke down. And I said, gave him a shout out. And I said, well, my golf broke down. What the hell? Like, and we literally were bonding over that. But other than that, like, no, I don't like have a shitty show and bring my drama in with me. You kind of have to be on and leave your baggage at the door. Mm. If that makes sense, but it can totally, yeah. Drain you. Think of like a, Think of a customer service shift or something like that. Like, I mean, what's it like being a realtor? Like you kind of have to put the smize on, right? Where you're kind of like, yeah, you're selling people things. I feel like that's part of the consistency too, right? Yeah. If you, one show is like super high energy and then the next show is you're down, whatever. And I, and that's something that I've had to learn. Like I can't be so high energy because the next day or maybe not the next day, but if I'm you doing a long run, I, you can't like, unless you have one day off and a break. And I'm not saying, whoa, me, my job's really hard. I press buttons and talk about musicians. But I mean, and I'm not saying I'm not fortunate for all those like long like days in a row, right? Like, obviously, I want more work and that's a great thing. It's just the fact that if I can be consistently an 8 out of 10 other than an 11 out of 10 every day, 
then hopefully that eight is like my new 10 out of 10 because mm-hmm. I've really nailed it. I don't know. This is something that I'm just discovering and working on. So when it comes to like the artists, for instance, when they're like performing on a stage, like just being consistent, like if you want to compare a Beyonce performance, if you watched her Netflix thing, like she goes all out, like she <laughs> rehearsed for Coachella for a year. For a year? One of the best performances and performers of our lifetime and then you have Adele who doesn't dance at all, right? Like mm-hmm. she does not dance. She just stands there behind a mic, but she gives it. And like, it's just you, everyone's going to be different, right? And everyone has a seat at the table. So what's, what's yours, right? You have to define that for yourself. One's not better than the other, but they definitely provide different things. And you'll, ha- you'll go home with a different experience, right? You can't like pretend to be somebody else. I'm so deep right now. <laughs> I'm really going on a tangent. Sorry. For you, who's the most engaging live performer you've ever seen? Taylor Swift. Like, and now I sound like a Swifty, like a fangirl, but gen genuinely like Taylor Swift. For her, it's more about the performance and the vocals. Uh, both. I don't think anyone listens to Taylor Swift and thinks she's a hardcore vocalist. Right. She's a songwriter first. And then I think she's a performer. She's a good singer live. She doesn't write it in. She sings live. Like, yeah, she's really good. She, she's been doing arenas for like a decade and you can tell she's fantastic. Hmm. I'd have to think about something. I haven't thought about that in a little while. I haven't been able to go to shows for a little while. I've been working all the shows. <laughs> I don't get to go to them. <laughs> what do a red track? Are you going to red track? I want to. It's on my birthday, and I think that'd be pretty cool if I could get off there and then see JoJo and Devin Dawson, who I really like if we were talking about artists. Yeah. Are you going? You said you were going? going? Yeah. To see JoJo. I'm going to throw a golf ball. I'm going to throw a golf ball at him. (laughs) Oh, gosh. No, he probably is going to get triggered from that. 100% he will. And like when you're a singer, like you need your teeth, you need everything, your lips, everything. You need it all, baby. Fractures Even if you weren't, jaw. you still need them. It was bad. I know. No kidding. Didn't he I say was... he didn't need ditches or surgery today? He gave an update. I think they fixed him up, yeah. I, mean, I he think he is. Well, he said his jaw was fractured, so they had to do oh, something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Man. Too bad. But I'm I glad he's not messaging him on Instagram the next day. It's like, holy shit, what happened? So he's explaining it, and he literally said someone teed off, like the tee box next to him. And just like hit it no straight right. No way. Yeah. So he's probably like, what, like 10, 15 feet away? No, no, no. More, probably like more, a bit more I would say, I, I didn't ask him the distance, but yeah. based on the scenario he said, it was probably like 40 yards away. But like How? straight to the face. But that would really hurt. Holy. Yeah. As you could see from the damage. Just yell four around him. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was his first comment. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. It's like, way to yell yeah. four. Yeah. Like, hello. <laughs> oh my gosh. Poor guy. Uh-huh. Who are your favorites that Live? you like? Uh, yeah. I'd say the two, well, the three best shows. Two of them were Eric Church. I want to see Eric Live Church so bad. Is ridiculous. I believe it. I believe it. He was at Rogers three years ago, maybe. I can't remember how long ago it was. He didn't have an opener. Shows up at 830. Just plays music at like 1130. So he played for three hours. Mm-hmm. At 1130, he stops and he's like, you guys want me to keep going? <laughs> oh <my laughs> and gosh. everyone obviously cheers. So he plays another hour. He played for four straight hours. I think the longest, yeah, the longest set I've ever seen was Mumford and Sons at mm. 
Squamish, 2015. Yeah. Did you go? No, I, I went the year after. Okay, I went to Pemberton the year after, oh. and that was three hours. And I like Mumford and Sons, but after three hours of Mumford and Sons, I'm it's like, too much. We get it, like a week, and I'm like front row, right? Poor- Alabama Shakes is incredible. Sam Smith, oh my god, I just sobbed again. All- Did you go to the one at Rogers? Uh, no, I. This is all Squamish, okay. 2015. Okay. That was incredible. He's. Ugh. I saw him. I saw him in Rod. I don't know. That was maybe like four or five years ago. Yeah, in Rogers. He was great. Yeah, he's incredible. He's re- he was really good live. He was really engaging with the crowd. Yeah, I, I don't know what he would be like in an arena, but he was really great. And like, I don't know if people would think of Sam Smith initially as um, like a headliner for a music festival, but it really worked. Because it's kind of mellow. and Yeah, but he had the gospel kind of, and yeah. it just was, it was beautiful. Like even people who didn't like Sam Smith that I was with were like, good. Like I was entertained. Um, Drake was kind of cool. I saw him the next night or the night before and it was pouring rain and it's all outside. And it was, that was just kind of cool. Right. Like just a different atmosphere. He's Drake's pretty great live. Um, oh man, I had Do you remember your very first concert? Dixie chicks. Yeah. Wait, what? I was eight. Eight. I think they were a Pacific Coliseum. Yeah. Carl, do you remember yours? Ooh, dude, it was like Coldplay like six years ago. Are you kidding? Six years ago? How old are you? 30. Okay, so I'm turning 24 in a month, and I cannot imagine this is like the first year of my life I get to see a live performance. <laughs> what were you doing? I don't know. I've just never been re- big into That's live okay. We all have our things. But I mean, are you into it? It was now? amazing. Yeah. No, it was, it was amazing. It was so good. It's such, such yeah. a different so I would like to see Coldplay. Mm. I hear that's many people's bucket list artists just because the way that they can fill up a room, too. How about you? What was your first show? Well, the other one I want to say is FGL was really good live. Oh, I'd like to see that. At Rogers. Yeah. Very, very good. I guess they just have so much good music. And same with Eric Church. Yeah. He can play for four hours because he has nine hours of good music, yeah, right? Exactly. Uh, first concert was Kanye. Nice. Oh, I, I think would it was, are you serious? I think Kanye. when I was 17, maybe grade 11. With, like was that. this with Jay-Z or by himself? I can't remember who opened. It, it wasn't well, with Jay-Z. He, yeah, you would have remembered if it, it was wasn't Jay-Z. It was, yeah. Man. Live music is amazing, though. Yeah. Festivals, crazy. Bumbershoot was really cool last year. I'd like to go to, yeah, there's so many things I want to do. There's so many. And because I'm kind of climbing the ladder with my industry, it's like I work a lot of the weekends, which that's Mm -hmm. when festivals go down. But when I am on my way up, (laughs) I'm going to every festival because I want to see everybody, like for real. I love music. Um. Who's your big up and comer in country music right now? That I really like? Or just, what do you mean? That you think is going to be a star? That's pretty hard to say. I don't know. Huh. Who do you think? I don't know. I'm going to look at my Spotify playlist. Yeah, right look now. it up. <laughs> I'm going to see. I try not oh, to think about I it really when I'm like not right at work. Now? I like Russell Dickerson. Yeah, but we get a lot of requests for him. Kind of already there. I think Morgan Wallen's going to be really big. Morgan Wallen is okay, really cool. He does this cover and it's called Cover Me Up. And I have listened to it six times a day <laughs> for a week and a half. And I've like shed a tear every single time. And I was like, this is my wedding song. And then I played it for my boyfriend who despite has a girlfriend who works in country music radio and his own mother for 20 years has been the face of JR country, hates country despite a few artists and songs like, and I played it in the car. I think it was the same night I 
I picked him up from Theo Vaughn and he was like, this makes me want to kill myself, which is not funny. He was hammered and that's not wow. funny, but that's how depressed it made him feel. Right, and I'm right, like, right. guess we're not slow dancing to that one. <laughs> oh, you know who um is an incredible artist live? Who is, I am diehard for is John Mayer, which is, which made me think of slow dancing in a burning room. Is he, he probably does a lot of acoustic stuff and Ooh, like he, it. okay. So I saw him 2017 at Rogers and he, you know, does eight. I mean that for this tour, at least eight or nine songs of like the stuff you want to hear a little bit of everything. And then he does three or four songs just by himself with the acoustic. And then he does, um, four or five songs with just, um, a few other guys. It's like the John Mayer trio or whatever he calls it. And it's like his harder guitar songs. And that so you get a little bit of everything, the acoustics, you know, like free falling cover or whatever. Right. So good. Um, and then you get the harder stuff and then he goes back to more of his contemporary whatever and like you just get everything and he sounds identical to the recording and I love him so much. Oh man, he's my fave. I don't know why, because I'm emo and <laughs> emo kids grow up to like John Mayer and that's the truth. <laughs> it takes all the boxes, just not the eyeliner. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think Morgan Wallen's going to be really, really big. Um, what about the Reclaws? The Reclaws are cool. I think they played our Boots and Babes a few months ago. Oh, did they? I think they yeah. did. And um, they're the ones with the varsity jackets, the brother and sister. Yeah, yeah it was the Reclaws. Sister, yeah. They were really, really good. I like Madeline them. Merlot, I really like. She's awesome. Do you like um, Dallas Smith? I love Dallas Smith. I, I met him I met him in the so summer, much. and he's so nice. And what's hilarious is, for the privacy of his own children, I won't say what high school, but like his kids go to all the ki- the schools that I went to, which I didn't like the area I grew up in. Like It was beautiful, and the people were fine, but it was in the middle of fucking nowhere. And I was like, God, like I'll never do anything with my life because I'm in the middle of nowhere. And like <laughs> now this guy that we play on the radio like more than any Canadian artist is yeah. like his kids go to the same little elementary school that like I went to and the, like the same high school I went to. And I just think it's so funny. I told him that I'm like, you live down the street from where I grew up. And unless you're from there, you don't really know the area. So we were just talking about it like, oh, yeah, this and that. And kind of funny. He's really nice, obviously very talented and consistently good. Another thing with consistency, like he always just puts out hit after fucking hit. And he's an album artist, I feel like people, right? He was phenomenal live. Yeah. He was, (laughs) Eric Church is great with the crowd. Um, Sam Hunt, uh, Sam Smith was really good with the crowd, but Dallas Smith was phenomenal with the crowd. Yeah. He probably, I'm not joking, he probably played for 45 minutes maybe, let's say at Sunfest last yeah. year, and he took 40 selfies. So you'd pull people's yeah. phones out of the crowd, take a selfie with them while he's singing, give their phones back. It he's was really cool. He's a nice cool. human. Like, again, yeah. I've only met him once and we've talked for five minutes. Like, not saying I'm best friends with him, but very nice guy. And his wife seems pretty chill online. We've had a few conversations. She seems really cool. And he's just like a Langley guy. I'm a Langley girl, so I get it. And I mean, he was, was his, his default before, right? So was his he's band been, on the show? Sorry, what? Did his band come to the studio? Um, he. Or did I think he, he interviewed with Barbara. He didn't interview with me, but then he did like a patio party for our listeners, like thirty of them who won. And so him and a few other guys, yeah, were playing kind of like a, more of an acoustic set on our deck. Did you meet Flav? I don't think so. Oh, no, Flav is the best. He's a good dude. Yeah, Flav's his drummer. That's cool. Yeah, Pretty we had him sweet. on the podcast. Nice. He's a beauty. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm. 
Um, no, I think I was on air during the performance. So I like, I went in, I got a picture with him because <laughs> I wanted to meet him. I said, Hey, we talked. And then I went back on air. Like I didn't really stick around. I got hit. things to do people to see, baby. <laughs> That's when you hit the auto button, right? You know what? My job ain't that easy, <laughs> but that's exactly what happened. Um, and then the Smashing Pumpkins I saw in Seattle last year. I don't know if you like them at all, but they did three and a half hours. They've been around forever. Are they, are they still good? They still. They're, yeah. So it was like a reunion. Oh, like okay. I think their bassist Darcy, she wasn't in it and mm-hmm. they had a falling out, but it was the original lineup and it's been like 30 years, I think. So they kind of did a reunion tour. It wasn't that like gimmicky or anything. It wasn't right. like sticky. Um, but yeah, like they sold out most of their shows, I think, in North America. They didn't do Vancouver. They did Seattle. What's, what's which the lead singer's name again? Billy Corgan. That's right. Right, right. Yeah. I have a lyric of them on my heart. Really? That's so cool. And not even because <laughs> I'm like hardcore Smashing Pumpkins. I just really enjoy their music. Mm-hmm. And he's awesome with his lyrics. And three hours of that. like, And you know what's funny is Metric, you know, Canadian band who I love Metric. They opened up for them. But in the States, and again, Seattle's 40 minutes away from us, right? At least from where I grew up in Aldergrove. And anyway, not far. Jeez. What? You have a fast car. No, Seattle's not too far without traffic. Seattle? I don't think it's so. It's like three hours. <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe two. Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. I'm minutes, thinking of okay. like, I don't know what I'm thinking of. Anyway. has got a road start. Not with the jet. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm in radio. <laughs> Anyways, it's two hours, let's say, right? It's not far. Um and these people had no idea who Metric was. And like, it just killed me, it killed my Canadian soul. I was like, these guys are so good. They're putting on a wicked set and like barely anyone knows who they are unless they came from Canada. But if they play here, like I've seen Metric play Rogers Arena, you know what I mean? It, it's just so interesting, that perspective. Like, Do you think it's because like we, the Canadians play their music more up here? 100%. I think Canadians love to support other Canadian artists. Right. Right. I think that they're just also very good. Like, I think Metric's consistently good. Again, like, I've liked them since 2008 or 2009. Um, and they still put out music. Yeah, I've good, good stuff. Emily Haynes is fantastic live. Like, she doesn't take a break when she sings. She's incredible. She's got great legs. Very jealous. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I. But, but we do have to play a lot of Canadian music, right? Like, that is, that's why you hear a lot of Dallas and a lot of JoJo and... You know, a lot of the rec laws and a lot of metric and a lot of set the whale, right? Like, is, we is there have a percentage? To, yeah, I think 30 or 35 percent an hour. Oh, really? Like, three out of 10 songs have to be Canadian. I think I'm not the music person, but yeah, it's a broadcast law. I've heard that too. Yeah, we have to support our own, and that's cool with me. Who else is good Canadian? Because uh-huh. we don't really, when they're played, I don't assume that, like, I don't know that they're Canadian. I knew the Reclaws were. They're from Ontario, I think. Uh, Megan Patrick, Jojo, Jojo, Dallas. Oh man, I wish I had like a music log in front of me because mm-hmm. now I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, it's okay. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, yeah. that's okay. I mean, I'm trying to think of who we play a lot. That changes a lot of the time. James Barker Band, the they're Washboard Canadian? Union. Yep, High Valley, I believe, is Canadian. Paul Brandt, obviously. You know? Yeah. Keeps going. Like it. Keeps going. That's actually kind of cool. I think with countries, you wouldn't know if it was a Canadian artist or not. Do they get much radio play in the States? Oh, I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how big these artists are. Maybe Dallas does, but the smaller guys probably not. I don't know, unless they tour with somebody else. Like Tennille Towns. Oh, love Tennille Towns. I'm obsessed with Tennille Towns. You know, somebody's daughter or Whitehorse, obviously. Like, she 
Uh, she's on tour with, who is she on tour with right now? It's like Carrie Underwood or it's like someone really big. I can't remember, but it's like, oh, it was Keith Urban, I think. I think she was on tour with Keith. I can't remember, but it's like a major artist right now that she, I think she just finished being on tour with. And now I think she's joining Marin Morris. I could have my names wrong, but like she's doing really well in the States for touring. Yeah, she's incredible too. That's awesome. She's from Grand Prairie, like middle really? of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> she's got a killer voice. I'll, I never get sick of her music and I think she's going to be huge. She writes all of her own songs. She's super gorgeous. She's super down to earth. Good ass music. Highly requested all the time. I think she'll go really far. Write that down, Carl. Got it. We got to get to Neil Townsend. <laughs> okay, let's get out of here. Alrighty. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, thank you very much for coming on the show. That oh, was yeah, of course. The ins and outs of the radio industry. Super interesting. What, what was one thing you learned today, Carl? I love all the technical stuff. I'm like, of course oh, you guys do. are actually. Of course you. Yeah, no, I'm, I would I'm assume. a nerd. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> but like, you guys are always doing stuff behind the scenes, right? I thought, mm-hmm. like, maybe you guys play music and just hang out, but yeah, there's yeah. always yeah. something happening. I didn't know that you're editing your own. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I think some shows might have a producer, but not me. I Everything you hear on the radio, I, I do. That's impressive. Yep. Thank you so much. Finally. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh, thanks for having me on here. When should listeners turn into JR to catch your show? Weekends one and to comment seven. on socks. Oh my gosh, don't bring <laughs> up the socks again. I just got over that. Weekends one to seven? Weekends one to seven. And then you'll probably hear me sporadically all throughout the summer, any day of the week. Tomorrow night I'm on six to ten, but by the time this is out, who knows when I'll be on. So yeah, always on the weekends and then tune in throughout the week. Beautiful. Love yeah. It. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Later. Bye.